The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. My name is Stuart Burkhart. I am your host. Today on the podcast, it is March the 23rd. That is a Tuesday. We are going to recap the Timberwolves 112 to 103 lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder from last night and talk a little bit about the upcoming matchup against the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow. That's all coming up for you. First, I do want to say you can uh, find me on Twitter at beefstu69, B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9, and make sure to check us out at hoop-ball.com. All the basketball content you're looking for, whether that's uh, DFS, fantasy, other team podcasts like this, or betting content, all that stuff you can find over at hoop-ball.com. So as I mentioned, the Timberwolves did fall 112-103 to to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it was a weird game. Uh, The main difference, quite frankly, is the Wolves could not defend on the perimeter. Early in the game, you saw Moses Brown, who's... For those of you who have not watched much Thunder or didn't watch this game, he's seven foot three. He is enormous. And he had 18 rebounds in this game in 33 minutes. He is gigantic. He is just a pain in the butt to deal with. The Wolves clearly did not have an answer for him on the glass. He had five offensive rebounds, 13 defensive rebounds. And the Wolves at a certain point said, all right, fine. We're just going to load up inside and make you beat us from outside. Which, the Thunder, I think with their 26th coming into this game in three-point percentage in the league. So, making them load up and beat you from the exterior is not a bad strategy. Except that then the Thunder came out and shot 21 of 37. That's 56.8% from three. I mean, honestly, you're you're not going to win when teams do that to you. It's not going to happen. So that is basically the difference in the game. I mean, the Wolves shot 14 of 39, which is 35.9%. That's fine. That's a decent percentage. But overall, that was the difference in this game. The incredibly hot shooting from the... Thunder, and honestly, the relative inefficiency of Carl Anthony Towns, who's uh, only shot, he shot 10 of 28, so he ended up with 33 points, but it took him 28 shots to get there, 5 of 12 from beyond the arc, and Anthony Edwards also had a very inefficient day, 6 of 16, that's about 37.5%, and 2 of 7 from beyond the arc. Both of those relatively inefficient days and some defensive struggles, especially from Anthony Edwards. He was not, you know, this game ended up being relatively close. You know, the Wolves were within 10 with just a couple minutes left. I think they took it to within 8 with about 3 minutes left. And Anthony Edwards was not on the floor, and Chris Finch did not put him in. And 
was not very good in this game, and he didn't deserve to close the game, and he didn't. It was interesting because instead, Josh Okogie closed the game. And Josh Okogie had a really good game. He had seven points. He had three rebounds. He had four steals. He was a plus 13. Easily the highest mark on the Timberwolves. And plus minus is not everything. But what we've seen lately from Josh Okogie in these last two games has been a resurgence of what made him so good last year, what made Timberwolves fans excited about him as a rotation player. He has the ability to defend at a very high level and to make layups and free throws. And if he can just be a high-energy player who can defend at that high of a level, he can really, really positively impact your team. When you need a little bit of boost on the defensive end, Josh Okogie can be that guy. That is something that I was encouraged to see. And the only other players who were positives were Juancho Hernan Gomez, who uh, has been much better, but he only played 14 minutes. Ricky Rubio was the only other guy who was positive on the team. He was a plus 5. He had 11 points and 11 assists. It was just a good game for Ricky. I mean, he's good on both ends of the floor. And the resurgence from him has been excellent. I mean, the last, since the All-Star break, he's been really good. He's looked like the Ricky Rubio that we had hoped the Wolves were getting when they traded for him back during the draft. We'll see if that continues going forward, but it's very exciting now because... Frankly, he just looks like he's going to be, assuming he isn't moved ahead of Thursday's deadline, a very, very solid player, a very, very solid backup point guard for the Wolves. And I think it's not, I don't think it's particularly likely that he's moved. Um, I mentioned this on the last podcast, but the bond between him and Anthony Edwards to me is something that they don't want to break up. Ricky Rubio is really the only true veteran on this team. So, I, I think he's he's there to stay for sure. Some other stuff that I liked and didn't like from this game. I uh, want to talk a little bit more about some of the rotation guys before I get to Cat and Anthony Edwards. Uh, Nas Reed, he took three three-pointers. He made two of them. I've been harping on the whole Nas Reed needs to shoot to keep defenses honest because when he puts the ball on the deck, when he drives to the rim, it's effective when he's able to pump fake defenders the way that Carl Anthony Towns does. Which works if they think you can shoot at a decent level. And Nas Reed is a good three-point shooter. He's like a 35% three-point shooter. So he is, you know, for a center, an above-average three-point shooter. And you need to see him take more of them. He was bad defensively. He could not rebound over Moses Brown. So they struggled to match up size-wise with this team. And and this is the problem when you only have one guy who really has the size of a center. You know, they tried to put out a bigger lineup to help to help mitigate those rebounding deficiencies with uh, Jaden McDaniels and Nas Reed and Cat all playing together. But at the end of the day, 
this team really does need someone other than Carl Anthony Towns who can get down in the paint and bang with the big boys to get those kinds of rebounds and make those hustle plays. It's something I really am looking for them to get either at this deadline or you know next year in free agency or through the draft. Excuse me, that's a grandfather clock again. The um, but sorry if you could hear that. But the uh, the roster construction as it is really puts a lot of pressure on Carl Anthony Towns to to carry a huge load on the rebounding end of things, and he usually does. He's a very good rebounder, but he can't be asked to do it all. And I'm afraid right now he is. So let's talk about Carl Anthony Towns again. He was 10 of 28, so an inefficient scoring day, uh, 8 of 10 from the line. But defensively, he was really quite good. He had two steals and a block. He did a good job defensively of just playing smart defense. And I think one of the things that's been really encouraging is that he just isn't taking as many of those silly fouls. And I really do believe that was a huge part of what made him a defensive liability was that he would foul and then when he would get called for fouls he would just kind of stop playing defense because he was not sure how to play defense without fouling it really seems to me that he has started to figure that out how to play defense without fouling and it's made him so much better on that end of the floor it's really impressive so even when he has an inefficient night like this I mean he was a net neutral he was a his plus minus was zero, right? So he wasn't positive or negative. And he just, I mean, it was a good day. Now, the only thing I say I, I, I don't like about this game is that he had one assist. I just, I think he does need to, some of those, now I'll admit, there were times where he was passing out and guys were just not hitting shots. But you can tell that he's sort of, he knows that a lot of his teammates are not going to be able to score when he passes to them. And especially if Anthony Edwards isn't having a good day, Carl Anthony Towns doesn't seem to be particularly confident in passing to any of his teammates. And, yeah, that's it's just... The roster construction isn't perfect. There's nothing we can do about that. Nothing that can be said for that, really. Let's talk Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has this tendency to have inefficient nights, and that's okay. You're a rookie. When you're taking that many shots, I mean, you know, Carl Anthony Towns had worse efficiency just in terms of shooting percentage than Anthony Edwards did. And, uh, you know, obviously Carl Anthony Towns is an elite-level player. So having a bad night uh, shooting-wise isn't so bad. Here's the difference. Carl Anthony Towns does a really good job of, has been doing this year, a really good job of getting back, playing defense. There were several times in this game where Anthony Edwards would miss a three or miss a layup, and he would just not hustle back on defense because he was, you know, asking for a call or he was moping because he had missed a three. It happened multiple times in this game. 
And I understand he's a rookie, but it's really frustrating. And Carl Anthony Towns is guilty of this too. And I actually think Carl Anthony Towns is sort of a bad influence on him because of this. You can't, you know, sometimes they have a legit gripe to complain about calls. But the way I think of it, when I used to play baseball, an umpire is going to call the ball or the strike. And you can complain about it. But at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do to make him reverse that call. The, the umpire is not going to, you know, the, the ref isn't going to hear Cat say, that was a foul, and then go, actually, now that you mention it, you're right, that was a foul. If anything, from my experience of, you know, playing sports, of watching sports, referees, umpires, whomever, are less likely to give you a call after you complain to them because they think that you're criticizing them. So I always made it a rule of thumb for myself and, and my friends when we would play sports in organized leagues, we'd go out of our way to be nice to the refs. And if we had a gripe with the refs, we'd talk to them calmly, ask them questions, and then just whatever they said, be like, okay, that makes sense, thanks. And maybe it doesn't work like that in the NBA. Maybe it's not that easy. But if you make the refs like you, it's a lot easier to get calls. I mean, there's a reason that LeBron James gets calls. And it's, it might not just be because the refs like him, but it's because there's a cachet. It's like, okay, we're watching LeBron. And I think with Carl Anthony Towns, he's starting to get a reputation of being someone who complains about calls. It's not something you want to have. And I don't want that for him. I don't want that for Anthony Edwards. I don't want them to be complaining about not getting calls. Even though I think a lot of times when they're complaining... They have a legitimate gripe. They have actually good points, and they did get fouled. It happens multiple times a game to Anthony Edwards. He gets fouled and doesn't get a call. He went to the line twice today, or excuse me, yesterday. He was 2 of 4 from the line. It was, you know, not good. But when you're complaining about calls, you're not playing the basketball game that you're on the floor to be playing and you're not getting back on defense there's all kinds of things that you can be doing that aren't happening in those moments so that is one of my biggest problems that I have right now with this team it feels like at times cat and ant who obviously are and should be the focal points of the offense, are just pushing and pushing. And if things aren't going their way, moping, complaining, more so Anthony Edwards than Carl, I do think that Carl Anthony Towns is doing a really a much better job now, especially in this game, of getting back and playing defense when he doesn't get the call. And there were times where I sat there and said, I don't know how that's not a foul. No, there's very much contact and Letter of the law, it was a foul. Doesn't get a call. It happens. And rough efficiency nights are going to happen. And you compound all that with how hot the Thunder were from three. I mean, just for you know some references, Ty Jerome was 5 of 5. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who is, of course, a fantastic player, was 4 of 6. Teo Maladon was 3 of 7. Alexei Pokashevsky was 3 of 8. Isaiah Roby made a 3. 
Kendrick Williams was two of two. I mean, it's not going to happen. That this night was. I do think right now with Carl Anthony Towns, with Anthony Edwards, the Timberwolves are probably better than the Thunder. The issue when the, when the Thunder, I should say, when the Thunder don't have Al Horford, when the Thunder don't have Lugan Stewart, when they don't have Mike Muscala. I think this version of this Timberwolves team, and then that Thunder team, that this Timberwolves team is better. But everything went wrong, basically, in this game that could have. I do want to mention a couple other guys um, for the Timberwolves. Jaden McDaniels had a rough rough day at the shop. He only shot 1 of 5, 0 of 1 from 3. I mean, he just has bad games sometimes, and so did Jared Vanderbilt. They got basically no production out of the four spot. They got a little bit out of Jake Lehman, who ended with six points, six rebounds, two assists, but no defensive stats. He was a minus 10. It was bad. It was really a rough day at the shop for the power forward position. And then the other guy I want to mention is Jalen Noel, who was only a minus two, which was quite impressive. Six of 12, two of five from deep. He had 14 points. That's all you really care about. He actually did add a block. But, you know, for Jalen Noel, it's can he get 10 to 15 points off the bench and shoot a decent percentage? That's what he's there to do. And he's done a great job of that lately. You know, I don't even, that's why it's it's being mentioned here sort of towards the end. It's I, I'm not really thinking about it. It's just sort of, yeah, Jalen Noel did what he was supposed to do. You love it when guys do that. You love it when guys just do their job. They, they're paid to do this exact thing for Jalen Noel. You're paid to come in and score a little bit off the bench at a decent percentage and not be a complete sieve on defense, and he did that perfectly today. Defensive rotations were terrible all around. Everyone was chasing guys down, running after guys. It was hard to watch, especially at the end. The Thunder just could not miss. They were hitting every three-pointer they took, it seemed, and all the bounces were going their way. It felt like it was frustrating. I guess we should probably be used to that at this point as Timberwolves fans, but that that's how I would describe this game. So the next game the Timberwolves are going to play will be this Wednesday. So that would be tomorrow. They're going to be playing against the Dallas Mavericks. As far as I know, there is no indication D'Angelo Russell is going to be back. So this should be pretty much the same group of guys. It'll be interesting to see how they match up with Chris Tapps Porzingis, who absolutely torched them the last time these two teams met up. I have a feeling that Finch is going to go big a lot again. But the last time these two teams met up, I believe Jonas Valanciunas was out and Willie Cauley-Stein was starting. So I don't think this is going to be an easy matchup for the Timberwolves. This is the hardest game of their week. It's the best team they play. We'll see how it goes. I would look out for, I mean, to a certain extent, you get to watch you get to watch Luca, so enjoy that. He's one of the best players in the league. Not just one of the best young players, one of the best players in the league. And he's 
ridiculously fun to watch. So enjoy an opportunity to watch Luka Doncic. Enjoy, you know, another opportunity to watch Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Hopefully those two have more efficiency. Hopefully the defense manages to recover a little bit. And hopefully Nas Reed keeps shooting. They can win this game. I don't think they necessarily will. If you asked me to bet on it, I probably wouldn't. But they certainly can win this game. I mean, they can win. Any NBA team can basically win any game. So we shall see. Hopefully that all goes well for tomorrow. And we'll have it covered, whatever happens here on the Hoopball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check us out over at hoop-ball.com. Follow me on Twitter at BeefStew69. Hoopball is where you can get all the basketball content that you're looking for. And also, follow us on Twitter, the show, at, at HoopballWolves. Really great Twitter feed there. Quick hitting Wolves news, all that kind of stuff being retweeted. The shows, get all that through the Hoopball Wolves Twitter feed. So check that out as well. Again, subscribe, rate the podcast. We'll see you next time. This has been a Hoopball presentation.